In this episode of Men's Bible Study, Pastor John Mark Caton starts a new series entitled, A Man's Handbook. John Mark teaches from Genesis 4, 1 through 8, and talks about how every man deals with resentment in life at some point. Therefore, Pastor Caton provides four steps to help us men handle resentment. Now let's hear from John Mark. Good to see you guys and uh, welcome. It is uh, a good time to be here as we continue to study God's Word. It's always good to see men laughing and having fun, creating new relationships and uh, having new folks join us. It's always a good thing. Today I want to talk to you about resentment. Uh, man, how does a man handle resentment in, uh, in their lives? And the truth is, uh, at some point, uh, we all re- have a little resentment in our heart, don't we? You ever, you ever thought about things like that? And that's kind of, kind of the idea today. Uh, I ran across a definition uh, of resentment that probably uh, is as good a definition as any. There are a bunch of them out there. But here was the definition I ran across. A complex, multi-layered emotion that has been described as a mixture, all right, a mixture of disappointment, disgust, anger, fear, and sadness. Resentment's a lot. How many of us understand that? That, that we can look around at someone, someone else or, and seem like they get more publicity or more success or this or that, and we can just resent others, right? Uh, I, I pulled up a, a number of lists. Here are the top reasons specifically that men live with resentment in their lives. All right, here are the top reasons. One, sometimes we look around and we just have to honestly admit, some people contribute more than I do. How many of you know that? It it just happens, right? It it just happens. Uh, Appreciation. Sometimes when we feel like we put as much into the effort as someone else, but it seems like someone else gets appreciated a little more uh, than I do. We have a tendency to have resentment build up in our heart. Success. When others have success in their life, more success in their life uh, than, than I do, we have a tendency to allow resentment to build up in our hearts. As I was sitting there thinking about what I was going to talk about this morning, resentment, uh, and we talked a bit, a bit about that, all those football games the other day, right? Uh, I mean, there were some incredible football games this weekend, weren't there? Uh, and, and the two particularly, I think, on Sunday uh, were kind of um, amazing, right? You had Matt Stafford going against Tom Brady. Tom Brady's had everything you could possibly imagine. It looks like L.A. is going to win this game going away, right? Uh, the Bucks just can't do anything. And then somehow, someway, if you watch the game, They end up tied right at the end. And what was your overwhelming thought? Tom Brady's going to do this thing again, right? And uh, my heart, because just my heartbeat is, I really wanted Stafford to win the game. Because I was like, man, let's let somebody else. He's been a good quarterback for a long, long time. Poor guy's been stuck in Detroit, right, all of his life. It'd be nice to see him win one, and I sat there, and I think they were 27-27, and I just walked away, and I said, this is over. Somehow, someway, Brady's going to get it again, right? And I almost, for Stafford, resented Brady, and I'm like, I'm not even playing a game. 
And then if you watch that game play out the other night, right? The Bills and the Chiefs. Dude, did either one of those quarterbacks deserve to lose that game? Good Lord. You were like, he just won the game. Oh, wait, he just won the game. Wait, he just won the Okay, they just won the game. And you're sitting there looking at two studs that have done everything they possibly could. And one walked away with an L. And you know this week the losing quarterbacks are going to be sitting there with resentment in their heart, aren't they? Some of them are going to say, I contributed. Some of them are going to say, man, I couldn't have done anything else. And so sometimes resentment builds up in our lives, uh, other people's successes, uh, recognition, uh, criticism. Man, there is a reality that you and I could live with resentment. And I want us to be careful that we don't let resentment grow. Because resentment in our lives, how many of you know it'll steal our joy? It'll destroy our relationships. It'll keep us from enjoying the life that God wants us to enjoy. If you go all the way back to Genesis and look at the first two brothers, you see pretty quickly what plays out when resentment is unrestrained. We see pretty quickly what happens when resentment is unrestrained. How many of you remember the story of Cain and Abel? Look at it. Genesis chapter 4, first two brothers walk the face of the earth. Uh, notice what happened in Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I brought forth a man. Everybody say amen. It says, later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, and Abel also, okay? You got two dudes. One bring, one's bringing an offering to God. The other one's bringing an offering to God. And it says some uh, uh, Cain brought uh, work to soil. Uh, in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, and Abel also brought an offering to the Lord, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flocks. It says the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offerings, but on Cain and his offerings, he did not look with favor. So Cain became angry, really resentful, Hebrew word there, uh, resentful, uh, and his face was downcast. Now notice verse 6, then the Lord said to Cain, God called him out on it. Why are you angry? Why are you resentful? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Guys, here's what I want you to know. If you're sitting here today or you're maybe uh, online with us today and, and you have resentment in your heart, if you're uh, bitter in your heart, can, can I just encourage you with those words? Man, just do what is right, guys. You will never be able to compare yourself with other people because it's only going to hurt you. It's going to destroy you. I, I don't know if every quarterback, regardless of how good they are, if all they do is compare themselves with Tom Brady and the number of Super Bowls he has, they are always going to be down, downcast, angry, discouraged, aren't they, right? Because those kind of guys just come along every once in a while. 
And I think we can also look and say, man, he's done everything he can to be right. You look at Tom Brady, right? Uh, how, how much time has that guy put in in his nutrition and keeping his body healthy, right? How many of us put that much time and energy in keeping our body healthy, right? Besides Gene. He's also had some good coaches around him. You can also look around and say, that dude's been awful lucky, right? There have been some times you're like, okay, that was some luck. And if we aren't careful, man, we can let anger build up and resentment build up, and it'll sap the joy from what God is doing in our lives. And I've seen this not only on the sports field, but you've also seen it, uh, in, um, you've seen it in church. You see it in marriages. Man, a husband gets resentful of the wife or the wife gets resentful of the husband. We see it among our kids, that one of our kids gets successful and you can kind of see a competitive other one become a little bit resentful and it can hurt. And so notice what happened when he didn't do what was right and he didn't restrain his resentment. Notice what happened in verse 8. It says, now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out in the field. So uh, if someone after this walks over, puts their arms around you and says, hey, let me walk you out in the parking lot, don't go. How many of you know, right? He says, hey, let's go out in the field together. Let's hang out. And it says, while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. All because he was resentful. That one seemed to be accepted and accept God's, accepted by God's favor and God's grace and the other one was not. And the response is, guys, if you ever feel that way, if it ever just seems like, man, why is God blessing this guy and not me? Can I tell you, the answer is still the same. You just do right. Do we understand that? You just do the right thing. Man, don't let your heart or your face be downcast. Don't become resentful of someone else because it seems that they've gotten more appreciation or they've been accepted. You just be the best you you can be going forward. And as I thought about biblically, man, a couple of things that I just noticed. What happens when resent, resentment rules in our life? First of all, you might want to just write this down. If I let resentment rule in my life, it's always going to make me unhappy. It's always going to make me unhappy. Job chapter 5 verse 2 says, resentment kills a fool and envy slays the simple. Resentment kills a fool. Guys, if you're rolling through life right now, and maybe if I ask you to write down the name of someone you resented right now, my guess is most of the people in the room, you could come up with not just one, but maybe two or three. Maybe it's someone at the office or someone you've worked with over the years or someone, it just seems like they always find favor somehow, some way. And a lot of times we say, and they don't deserve it. They're not that much better than me. They haven't done this. They haven't done that. But I want you to know, if you don't handle resentment, it'll kill you. God's word is right. Resentment kills a fool. Uh, here's another one, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30. It says, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy, or same Hebrew word, or resentment rots the bones. Man, if we live with envy and resentment, and jealousy. Man, it, it's just going to rot the bones. It's going to hurt us. So understand this, if you don't deal with the resentment in your life, you're going to roll through life and you're going to be unhappy. And every time someone else succeeds, you're not going to be able to celebrate. It's going to discourage you. Here's number two. Uh, resentment always causes, tr causes trouble. 
Unrestrained, unrestrained resentment will always cause trouble in your life. It won't allow your relationships to be as good as they could be. Uh, that's exactly what we saw with uh, Cain and Abel, right? Is that resentment ruled and their relationship ended up not being uh, what it should have been. What was the response? Hey, Cain, how about this? Just do what is right. Just, just do what is right. So it didn't turn out well that time. Your job, your call, just do what is right going forward. And so notice this. It always causes trouble. Look at James chapter 3, verse 16. It's James, the brother of Jesus, says, Hey, where you have envy and selfish ambition, resentment, there you'll find disorder and every evil practice. Man, if we begin to envy someone else and uh, just resent someone else, he says every form of evil practice will take place. And, and what do you say? How, how would that play out in God's church? Maybe, maybe someone else uh, uh, gets appreciated more than you do. And you go, man, they're not all that. And then you stand in the back of the church and you gossip about them. How many of you know gossip's a sin? Right? And it's like if we let one sin grow in our heart, it'll play itself out with a sin in our mouth and the words that we say. And so we always want to be careful because, listen, unrestrained resentment will always cause trouble. And, and James says every form of evil. Here's another thing resentment does. And this is probably the worst of all. Resentment pushes God further and further out of your heart. It creates a distance between you and God. Look at Job chapter 36, verse 13. It says, the godless in heart harbor resentment. The godless in heart harbor resentment. I think it's interesting. You look through the book of Job, and we all know that incredible story of Job, but it, it, resentment's talked about a lot in the book of Job. And as you think through it, what, um, why not, right? Here you had this guy that raised a great family, went to work, did, a, did a incredible things, and all of a sudden he lost everything, right? I mean, that's a tough thing to see if you look at someone and say, man, why, why did I come through these circumstances? Why did I go through these difficulties? Why did I go through these hardships? And, and somebody else doesn't, doesn't. And that's what caused resentment. So guys, if you are sitting here and, and you are resentful of someone else, can I just encourage you to deal with it? Because if you don't, man, it's going to cause trouble. It's going to cause you to sin. And you'll never have the kind of relationship with God that God wants you to have with Him because a godless heart harbors resentment. So we think about resentment, and it's a problem for all of us. I, I just came biblically today. I want to give you a couple of thoughts. If, if you've got somebody that you just, man, it just seems like every time you see them, it's just like fingernails on a chalkboard. How many of you have someone in, that, in your life like that? Be honest. Be honest, the rest of y'all are liars, right? We all have them. There are some people that, man, God just puts us around them all the time. And, uh, man, it just seems like, man, when I show up and they just begin to talk. Hopefully it's not me when I'm preaching on Sunday morning. That, that it's just like fingernails on a chalkboard. You say, if I'm that way, if, if someone has become that able in my life, how can I deal with the resentment in my life? Let me give you a couple of thoughts, and these are biblical thoughts. Here's thought number one. Do everything you can to reset your heart and forgive them. Do everything you can 
to reset your heart and forgive them. What does that mean? If they have done some things to you in the past, or they've said some things to you in the past, or something has happened in the past that caused you to feel like their life and your life have not been fair, that somehow, some way, they've said something about you, or they've been unfair to you, or maybe you felt like they disrespected you, the best thing you can do, listen to this, for you, right? The best thing you can do for you is to reset your heart and do everything you can to forgive them right now. In other words, clean slate from this point on, right? Why is that so important? Well, how many of you don't want to have a godless heart? You don't. Then, then, then the best thing to do is reset right now. Man, okay, they said this then, and they did this then, and man, they did this then. The best thing I can do is do everything I can to reset my life and forget about that and just forgive them. You say, Pastor, they don't deserve to be forgiven. I'll also acknowledge there are people from an earthly perspective who do not deserve my forgiveness. So what did I say? You need to forgive them for you for your heart, for your joy, for you to have the kind of life that you want. Sometimes I have to make a determined decision to forgive someone who has mistreated me, who has hurt me, not for them, but for me. Notice what it says in Mark chapter 11, verse 25. You, you want to deal with a godless heart? Look at Mark chapter 11, verse 25. It says, when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. Why? So that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins. So what is he saying? He's saying, listen, if you want to stand, if you want to come to church and worship, if you want to stand and pray, if you really want to love God's people and love God's word and not have a godless, godless heart, he says, man, when you reset your life, to forgive them, you're then going to truly be able to enjoy your relationship with God. Man, I love that idea. When you stand praying, if you, notice the use there, if you hold anything against anyone and there is an implied you there, you forgive them. Notice it doesn't say they deserve your forgiveness, right? So implied in that, in that scripture right there, three times is the word you, one time is them. If you stand to pray, if you stand to worship, if you go to church, you choose to forgive them. They're just the beneficiaries of your forgiveness, whether they deserve it or not. But at the end of the day, what it does is it allows God to move in our heart because the bigger portion of our heart, our mind, and our lives that is held by resentment, the less God can move in our lives. Do we understand that? Well, we do. And I will tell you, as your pastor, I've been there in seasons past. I've been there in times past where, you, you know, you're sitting there going, man, I didn't do anything to you. And all of a sudden, this happens, they say this, or they do this, and, and I can live with resentment in my life, and you got to realize, I have to realize that, man, you know what? When I stand to pray, the best thing I can do for my relationship between me and God is forgive them, right? 
And there's a high likelihood, listen, if someone has hurt you, there's a high likelihood that that moment you visualize in your life where they have this broken and contrite heart, where they walk up to you and they look you in the eye and say, man, it has just dawned on me that I have mistreated you royally. And I just want to ask for your forgiveness and tell you I'm sorry. Do you realize the chances of that happening with that person you're resentful of are almost nil? Right? It is. Man, we pray for people to come to the realization that, man, just come and tell me you're sorry. That's really what I want. But the chances of it happening are almost nil. Now, notice I said almost. Because it's also been a blessing as a, as a pastor of a church for a long, long time that I've seen this happen. That Man, I, they'll show up in someone's life and someone will come to share with me and say, man, I had the greatest coffee that I've ever had. I had the greatest breakfast I've ever had. They came in, they said they were sorry, they apologized for what they did, and they said, and we're totally good. But here's the point. If you look at Mark chapter 11, it doesn't say that that has to happen before you forgive them. It says, man, you, if you want to worship God the way you want to worship God, if you want to celebrate the people in your life that God wants you to celebrate, the most important thing you can do is you take the action to identify that person that you're resentful of and you reset your heart to forgive them regardless of what they do. Here, here's the second thing if you're going to deal with resentment in your life. Realize God still has a plan for your life. Realize God still has a plan for your life. How many of you know there are 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL, about 16 of them are decent, right? How many of you know that uh, only one of them is going to finish this season winning? That means 31 of them will have finished and played their last game of this season losing, right? That's what's going to happen. That's the way it all works out. Uh, a lot of times that's the way it is. In my, but here's what you can't do. If you're Josh Allen, you just played lights out. He better not be saying that's my last game. He better say, man, I got to get ready. I got to be better. Hopefully we can be better next year. Why? Because God still has a plan for his life. All right? God still has a plan for your life. Plan for him is that he would get ready in the offseason. He'd be ready to go when they come to training camp, that he'd have another good year. And guess what? He'll get another shot, and he might get beat again. How many of you know? But we have to remember, if all of a sudden life doesn't go well for me and I'm resenting someone who seems to have a little more appreciation, a little more success, and maybe they've dumped on me a little bit, the best thing I can do is step back and say, you know what, God still has a plan for me. God still has a plan for my life, regardless of what happens. Now notice what it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Here's God's plan. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him and who have been called according to His purpose. I mean, that verse right there, it says we have to come to the knowledge that regardless of what has happened in my life, 
If someone has passed me, if someone has beaten me, if someone has, has, has gotten more success or more appreciation, I need to understand that regardless, I serve a God that still has a plan for my life, and part of God's plan is to take those all things, he doesn't say they're all good, those difficult things, those hard things, and God can work them to the good for those who love Him. So what's my job? Love God and trust that God still has a plan for my life. Don't let resentment bog you down and keep you from embracing the future that God wants you to embrace. That I want to journey forward and say, God, I don't like what happened. This seemed unfair. I should have won and not lost. I have no idea why you accepted His uh, offering and not my offering. But here's what I know. God, somehow, someway, if I love you, you're going to work together for the good. My life, my circumstances. Why? Because I love you. And I've been called according to your purpose. So if you're sitting there with resentment right now, man, I want to encourage you. Put the reset button and forgive them. Number two, don't forget that God still has a plan for your life. But if you live in resentment, you will never experience the fullness of joy and blessings and even success that God has for you. Why? Because instead of looking to God in your future, you will always be looking at the person you resent. Do we understand that? Here's number three, if you're dealing with resentment in your life, I see it in God's Word. Man, rejoice in what you have been given. Rejoice in what you have been given. We have all been given a lot. I, I love what the Apostle Paul says. If you look at Apostle Paul's ministry, man, from, from, from the road to Damascus, where God showed up to him and blinded him, he trusted Christ. His one goal was what? Serving God, sharing the gospel, planting churches, but all through his ministry, he had people attacking him, tearing him down, didn't he? And if you look in Philippians chapter 4, in Philippians, he's in change, right? All he's done is serve God, love God, loved Him only. All he's doing is sitting there in chains. And guess what? There are people out there who are going to churches he planted and people he converted and talking down Paul and his ministry. How many of you know that can build a little resentment in your life, right? And now the Apostle Paul in Philippians, he's in Rome. He's writing to the book of the people in Philippi. And here's what he says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 12. He says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or living in want. What is he saying? Man, I have learned to just thank God for what I do have. So don't live a life always comparing yourself to someone else because if we live a life comparing our things, our houses, uh, our clothes, our popularity, uh, our positions, our titles, if we live our lives always comparing ours to someone else, we will never learn to enjoy what God has given us. Now, I'll be honest with you, I don't want to ever learn the kind of contentment that the Apostle Paul has here. Can we be honest about that? I, I don't want to have to learn it in that way. I would rather learn it where I am. That I'm going to celebrate what I do have. I'm going to praise God for what I do have. 
and I'm not going to compare what I do have with someone else. Why? Because that only builds resentment in my life. And it keeps me from having the joy that God wants me to. Here's the fourth reason as I look in God's Word why we need to get rid of resentment and how do we get it. Man, I want to do everything I can to return good for evil if they have hurt me. I want to do everything I can to return good for evil. Now here's the other point. And I'm going to let God settle the score. I'm going to let God settle the score. All right? I love what Paul says right here in Romans chapter 12, verse 21. He says, men do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Do not be overcome by evil, but do everything you can to overcome evil with good. And what an incredible thought. But notice the last phrase I said, let God settle the score. Do we understand that? Uh, because how many of you, there are in fact people who have hurt us, who have wronged us. There are people who have stolen what is rightly ours. It happens, right? No, notice this. Paul, talking to Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, ta Paul calls a dude out. You ever, you ever just wanted to call someone out? Someone's talking in front of a group or whatever, and you go, let me just tell you all what this dude is really, really about, right? I think it's kind of interesting, the 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, Paul calls a dude out. He says, Alexander, you know Alexander, you, you know uh, Alexander the metal worker? He did a great deal of harm. But the Lord will repay him for what he did. What is Paul saying? You know, I could spend all my life tearing down Alexander the metal worker. And I wouldn't be as effective at serving God as God wants me to be. Do we understand that, right? He says, man, let's be honest. Alexander, I love you. He calls him out. He goes, Alexander. Y'all know Alexander, right? The metal worker, right? He goes, circling. There he is. He goes, he's done a great deal of harm. And he goes, I would love to stop down and preach a six-part sermon, sermon series against Alexander the metal worker. But he goes, instead, I'm going to keep doing what God has called me to do, using the gifts God has given me, the attitude God has given me, the resources God has given me, and I'm going to get, let God sort that out. So guys, maybe there's someone in here in your life that, man, you've got an Alexander the metal worker in your life. Can I just tell you this? You do what God has called you to do and let God deal with that individual. Because there's a good chance they're not going to walk up to you, look you in the eye, and say, I'm sorry. And if they don't, let God handle it. Don't live in resentment. Don't destroy your own dreams, your own life, your own attitude. Don't destroy any of that as you journey forward. Here's number five. Refocus your life on helping others. Guys, if you want to deal with resentment in your life, we've got to stop thinking about me, and we've got to start thinking about others. If you just feel like you've been wrong, wronged in your life, man, stop thinking about me and start thinking about others. I, I love what Paul said, what's said in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. He says, in everything I did, I showed you 
that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Man, the best thing I can do is just say, you know, if I live my life always focused on me, I'm going to be disappointed in this life because there's always going to be someone else that has more, gets more, and seems to enjoy more. But the one thing I can do is make sure I reset and refocus my heart and my mind when I hit those doors today on serving someone else because that's a call God has put on each of our life. And listen to this, that's a call that will allow God to say to you someday, well done, good and faithful servant. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day and an opportunity just to look into your word and, and deal with the real issue that, man, we as men face, man, that we can, we can live and walk in resentment. God, there's a reality. My guess is like, like me, I, I can go back to my middle school days and think of some folks that I resented. I can go to my high school days and think of some folks that I resent and probably could still resent today. College, my young adult, my early days, man, in ministry. We all could, right? So God, I just pray that every man in this room would realize that we don't want to have godless hearts. We don't want to have resentful hearts. We want to serve you in an amazing way because at the end of the day, we want you to say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. God bless you guys. Y'all have a great day. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Men's Bible Study. For more information about Cottonwood Creek Church, visit cottonwoodcreek.org. That's cottonwoodcreek.org.